It makes me feel very proud to introduce myself as a Mexican-American to new people in my workplace or to new people that I meet. So just because I'm so proud of my family, I'm proud of myself and really any generation that is identified as a minority to give them a voice. You found Wolfpack Career Chats, and this is Marcy Bullock from the Career Development Center at North Carolina State University. I'm the creator of the podcast. Welcome to season four. This season will focus on versions of you, who you were, who you are, and who you will be, and we'll have exciting guests explore their journey. We're all still cooking friends, so no one put a fork in us yet. Enjoy this episode. Hello, listeners. Marcy Bullock today with Jeanette Vega. Hi, Jeanette. Hi, Marcy. How are you? I'm great. It's so good to hear your voice. And we met when you were a student in my adulting class, and now I think you're an official adult. So share a little bit about your story of what you studied when you were a wolf pack here and where you are today. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I did go to NC State, graduated from there in 2017, so roughly over five years ago. I, I majored in chemical engineering and minored in food science. In post-graduation, I did land my dream job at L'Oreal USA, working in the beauty industry. And interestingly enough, I did not go into engineering. I went into supply chain, which was a very nice segue into my professional career. And I can say that I took away a lot of my experience at NC State and applied it directly into the workforce. I'm excited to hear about your dream job right out of college. That's pretty impressive. I remember when you were searching, talk a little bit about how you found this role and what you do now in the supply chain. Yeah, absolutely. So for me, I remember going into my super senior year as an engineer and having my eye closely on a cosmetics company. At the time, I was in part-time co-oping with Revlon in North Carolina, and I knew I wanted to get my get my name out there for L'Oreal USA. So I did a little bit of research understanding the different conventions that were coming up. And with the organization SHIP on campus, Society of Hispanic Professional Engineers, I saw that L'Oreal would be recruiting at the convention. I believe it was in Seattle, Washington. So I did book my ticket there and I registered for the career fair. And luckily, I was able to get some FaceTime with the company and land the first set of interviews. Well, that is pretty ambitious of you to seek out this convention and then to fly over to Seattle and to make that first impression. And you mentioned that this was all part of a group you were on campus a part of. Will you describe that group again? Absolutely. It was SHIP. It stands for Society of Hispanic Professional Engineers. It's an organization on campus and across the entire nation that's well known for many engineering majors, but it is open to any professional major. So of any background, you can be in communications, you can be in finance, you can be in business, uh, but really it was founded for engineers and it gave it gave me a lot of perspective and a lot of great resources to start applying for jobs and then also to prep for those interviews. Wonderful. We will link up to the opportunity for a student to learn more about this group while they're on campus and perfect timing because we're going to be airing this podcast in October, which is the National Hispanic Heritage Month. So tell us a little bit about that identity 
identity and how it's played its role in your professional and personal life? Absolutely. I am Mexican-American, so I do identify with my cultural background as a Mexican. I grew up in Mexico until I was about six years old, and then my family did move to North Carolina since then. So I am first generation to get higher education, receiving my bachelor's degree as an undergrad. And it's important to me identifying with that set of Hispanic culture because it confirms that all of the opportunities are available to minority groups. I learned this firsthand through my older sister. She was also a first-generation Mexican-American to get her education, and she really paved the way to how she could acquire resources, uh, support, and some financial aid to make her way through college. And it really boils down to asking questions and learning who and where you can get that specific support and guidance from. So it's really important impacted my professional life in the sense that I know which kind of minority group I look up to, I, I understand on a personal level. And also on just my day-to-day personal life, it makes me feel very proud to introduce myself as a Mexican-American to new people in my workplace or to new people that I meet in extracurricular activities or volunteering activities. It's really something that I have grown to be more vocal about just because it can influence other people indirectly, directly, and it gives them a little bit of a personal touch from my end to see if we have some common ground. So all in all, it's, it's a great way for me to identify myself just because I'm so proud of my family. I'm proud of myself and really any generation that is identified as a minority to give them a voice. Jeanette, that was so lovely to hear you describe. And I'm just getting goosebumps hearing you talk about being a first generation student coming from Mexico. And now here you are on this podcast. I'm certain inspiring people that are also in marginalized groups and you've overcome, Mm -hmm. I'm sure, some struggles throughout this. Is there anything that you want to share with someone that might be in a struggle to keep them moving forward and getting through it with some strength? Yeah, I... I think it's really important to have those struggles in life. So one, take the moment to take a deep breath, don't act on emotion, and really reflect on how you want to build yourself as not just a person, but as a leader, as possibly a future mentor. So for me, I would give the advice of making sure that you don't take anything too personal, too serious, and always having a great attitude. If you are feeling a bit marginalized, or maybe you're going through a specific struggle that's been going on for a while and it's affecting, for example, mental health or just the stability of your education wellness, I would say that it's important to have a support group, making sure that you keep those connections alive, both friends and family. And to know that at the end of the day, your work speaks for itself, your efforts speak for themselves, and communication is key. It's important to be able to talk about those feelings or to talk about your situation and to reach out for help if you need it. That advice is so important to hear. And honestly, the first thing you said struck a chord with me, which was take a deep breath. And I actually started listening to this podcast called Take a Deep Breath, which we can link up in these show notes because literally I learned when students started walking into my classroom after the pandemic. And of course, you took my class before the pandemic. And not that there weren't mental health problems, but right now people walk in with so much tension and stress and I started doing 
breathing exercises with my students just to ground them, to get them centered when they walk in the room, and to help them realize that when their sympathetic nervous system is in overdrive, they're constantly taking shallow breaths. And when you actually breathe from your diaphragm horizontally, it puts you out of the fight or flight into the rest and digest. And you just described, take a deep breath, and I'm just honestly elaborating on it. I'd love to hear an example of a time when you had to do that. Has anything happened in the workforce where perhaps there was some stress bubbling up and you were able to get through it? Yeah, I have to reflect back on my first year in the workforce. So right out of college, you have all of these reserved feelings, not knowing exactly what your job is going to be about, not knowing if you're going to be able to do your job well, or if you're even going to be able to stand out and be able to make an impact right away. So for me, it was it was super evident the first year that I was feeling very self-conscious. I wasn't super confident about what I was doing in my job. And I felt a bit intimidated knowing that there were such well-rounded, well-versed and intelligent people I was working around and surrounding me every single day. So that really, it was a pivotal moment in my career because I remember taking advice from leaders in the company, asking them, what else am I doing or what, what else can I be doing? better said. And what they mentioned, I remember was you're doing a great job. You're doing your job well, but we want you to be amazing. So I took those words to heart and I was like, how do I be amazing? And and it's one of those bent up feelings that you're not really sure what they mean. Like, what are they getting at? And it, it turned out not to be that big of a deal because I soon learned more of the culture of the company. I understood what they meant by being more vocal, being more expressive, being more involved and making myself amazing. So in that sense, it was more about saying yes to things, being open to absorbing more about the company's goals and priorities and absorbing as much as you could within a timeframe that you set your, your goals to be. So I think that that's one of the items or one of the instances I will remember going into the workforce is being so insecure about what I would be doing in my job and then how I can do it well and then maybe go above and beyond. Nope. It just takes time to learn a little bit about the company's culture and priorities and understanding how you fit in. It's the am I worthy question that I think so many people have. And when as a first generation student going into this chemical engineering major, my goodness, female, all these things that are kind of stacked against you because you don't have role models that you can look up to. And so now you're in this company starting off, starting to doubt yourself, like the imposter syndrome is setting in. And this moment mm -hmm. that you were told to be amazing sounds like it really resonated with you, but you had to be patient for it to happen. And I'm sure you made some mistakes like everybody knew in the workforce. Would you have any thoughts for someone maybe that is navigating the transition to the workforce and feeling some of these feelings other than maybe waiting it out, but maybe a situation where you did make a mistake and how you bounce back? Yes, I definitely made plenty of mistakes throughout my career. But I think it's most important that when you make a mistake in your career that you don't upfront just say, oh, I made a mistake and be ill-prepared to follow up on that comment. So best advice I can give and 
I'll think of an example as I walk, talk through this, but really it's talking about the mistake with whoever is impacted, right? Whether it's your manager, your organization, a specific business uh, module that you work for and reflecting on what you learned from it and then developing some sort of action plan to prove that you understand what happened, you know what to do about it now and you know what you're going to do to fix it or at least mitigate the possibility of any huge risk to the company. So that's my best advice is always be prepared to follow up with some sort of learning opportunity that you grew from and then what kind of action plan you're taking to ensure it doesn't happen again or to make sure that other people are also well versed in this specific instance that may affect their ability to do it right the first time. And in terms of an example, I can say <laughs> off the bat, just a very simple Excel file that I know I was managing at the time. I forgot to filter out a vendor's information before I sent it out. And unfortunately, another vendor received that information. So it wasn't too big of a hiccup, but it was something that looked bad on the company. So long story short, it it really made me reflect on the details, making sure that I understood exactly what I was sending and who I was sending it to and letting my coworker who I, who I was covering for at the time know that this happened and that I realized it was a mistake, an honest mistake. And she reassured me everything was fine and it was no big deal. But it's, it's important to own up to your mistakes and just learn from them and take a little bit of action to show that it's a learning opportunity for you. Fess up when you mess up, I was taught, and none of us are going to be perfect. And I know the perfectionists listening are just like bristling up going, wait, but I wish I could teach a class on failing because we all have these stumbles. And when we do something for the first time, we are learning and our supervisor expects us to be learning. And if we don't get rejected or make any mistakes, we're not getting out of our comfort zone. I want to go into this change you made from engineer to supply chain. I know you had the goal of working in the beauty industry, which is a very competitive field. You went out to this conference, you made this big splash, you got hired. What are you thinking now about when you were an undergrad pursuing chemical engineering and where you are now? Are you having regrets or do you feel like this turn was the right decision for you? I think it was an absolutely great decision for me. I was very not knowledgeable about the different career opportunities that chemical engineers could bring about. I really was under the impression that chemical engineers would go into a plant or manufacturing type of work setting. And so when I landed this job with L'Oreal, they immediately put me into a supply chain role that was dealing with factories and with plants, but it was all virtual. It was all just third party. So I thought it was really interesting that that's where I ended up because not only did I get to use a little bit of my chemical engineering background to problem solve, but it also opened up a whole new world of opportunities for me. Understanding that engineering can take you on many routes, many avenues, and you just have to kind of figure out what where you fit best. And I think that's the one key thing I missed during my undergrad is understanding what those opportunities were, because I, I was very tunnel visioned and only knew of a manufacturing workplace that I could apply my degree to. So I'm very happy with where I ended up because Again, it taught me something new, it taught me supply chain, something I was not used to. My food science minor did have a little bit of an introduction to supply chain, but it wasn't as detailed as I would have 
maybe experienced as an undergrad studying supply chain. And I would just say it's been a ride. It's been a great ride. I've had a lot of great learning experiences, a lot of great connections, and I've made my way up the corporate ladder, if you will, showcasing my work, making the right relationships, and ultimately getting ahead in my career to make sure that I continue to learn and grow as a leader myself. This is really great to hear because from the standpoint of when I talk to students, I think they feel, and maybe you were in the same boat, like when I pick this major, it's limiting to me the small box of jobs I can pick from, like I'll go into manufacturing. And here it opened up your eyes into something you never even knew about when you were like 21 years old. So I love these stories. I have this one slide where it shows like an art major who's working in political science and the political science major who's working in art. And it just shows that you have the sky <laughs> as the limit. All right, so let's look at the theme of transformation for this season in our podcast. I was, I am, I will be. So share a little bit about when you were an undergraduate, how you changed to now and where you're heading. Absolutely. So when I was an undergraduate, I, I was very intimidated. I always tried to strive to be the best, making sure that I was as knowledgeable and as prepared as I could be. And I am now resourceful is how I would describe it because I know that there are so many resources out there for myself. I can also be a resource to others. And it's important to have that mindset and understand that there's no blocking point to being better or doing better and ultimately becoming better. So I will become a leader in all aspects of life. So in my career, in my personal life, and ultimately around my family. So it's really important for me to integrate both work and life. And I know that that balance is very interesting now in today's world and making sure that those two worlds can live in harmony and have a positive impact all around. What a joy to talk to you. You're so successful. I know this interview will be a bright spot in so many of our listeners' day. Thank you, Jeanette. Thank you so much, Marcia. I really appreciate it.